0: Hello and welcome to the 9 in 10 news for the community by the community podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hunter, and having grown up in northern Michigan, something I have always personally loved about this area is the love and support that comes from every corner of these northern Michigan communities. So the goal of this podcast is to promote and get to know the many local nonprofits and charities and their work along with individuals who really leave an impact on their communities through outreach or volunteering. If you ever wanna nominate a group or individual, please send me an email, that's at Courtney Hunter C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-H-U-N-T-E-R at 9and10news.com. I'd love to hear all about who's making a difference where you live. Today, we are talking about a place near and dear to Northern Michigan's heart, Leland's historic fish town. Rising lake levels have put this special corner of our beautiful area in jeopardy, so today we are talking with Fishtown Preservation Society Executive Director Amanda Holmes about what they're working on and how you can help. I want to start by saying thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. Amanda Holmes, Executive Director of Fishtown Preservation. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself and what your connection to Fishtown is. I have been a
1: part of the Fishtown Preservation Society since I could actually have a date, the seventh of February, two thousand and seven. It's impressive. <laughs> and the reason that date has just become uh, every single year, and you know, on the anniversary, there's always been a significant something that happened. But you start with the purchase uh, by the Preservation Society of that incredible place, you know, for the community. and um, we also on that same date always had payments do. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of um, anniversaries around that date that we can probably touch on mm-hmm. as we go through all of this. But the reason why that's important to me is that um, I'm, I'm a, I was born in February, and it's right around my birthday. So it was a momentous time to, 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 of having returned to this area after having been away for a while, looking like so many people do when they return to an area for that thing that will resonate with your life and your work. And that's what Fishtown did for me. I had moved back here from the Philadelphia area a couple of years before. I have my degree in folklore, a doctorate in folklore and folk life, a degree in historic preservation, and have just always loved the study of communities and um, the way people live in their day to day lives, working lives, and having an opportunity, this opportunity actually appeared that this organization, Fishtown Preservation, had been working to. Purchase and Preserve Fish Town, and that day actually was the the first time that I actually had visited in more than 20 years. Aww. So I received a position without really seeing the place, but I had learned a lot, a lot about it, and um, it's just become an exploration of and a point of discovery and. Saving Fish Town ever yeah. since, and it's it's hard not to be personally connected. So I appreciate you asking that question first. Um, we probably could delve into that for quite a while.
0: Yeah, it was so. For maybe anybody who's listening, who's never been to Fish Town, walk me through a little bit of why is Fish Town so special? What is Fishtown?
1: Well. What's interesting is the the thing of what is Fishtown versus what is Fishtown Preservation. Mm-hmm. The place and the organization are really two different entities. Mm-hmm. So Fishtown is up on the, it's on Lake Michigan, um, right on the on the Leland Peninsula, off on the western edge. And when you're you know, on the, a little bit of a bluff overlooking Fishtown, you can see the Manitou Islands, the Manitou Passage. It's this breathtaking view. And so Fishtown is just located right on the Leland River. It had been called the Carp River. And it is a place... That, as its name implies, has always had fish, and it's it from even the time before Leland was settled, before most of this region was settled. There had been fishing out of that place, and the interesting thing is that everywhere in Michigan, all along the coasts and all through the Great Lakes, every community had a fish town, a place where you know you had commercial fishermen who were um, either you know fishing for their families as was an additional way to get income or endeavoring to make most of their living off of the water, harvesting the wonderful bounty of, at that time, mm-hmm. of Great Lakes of Great Lakes fish. And so there has been, in Fishtown, and this is one of the reasons why it's so important, continuous commercial fishing going back, you know, way before the 1850s when the community was settled. Wow. And so that's there aren't a lot of things that you can have in this state, in this country, that's been a continuous thread of history. Consistent, yeah. And it actually wasn't always called Fishtown. It was like, the, you know, it was just down at the docks. It was down on the water. Mm-hmm. But starting in the 1920s, the 1930s, the it started to gather that identity. And that started to happen actually at the same time that there were the changes in the industry where it wasn't in as many places. And so you get to where it is today and why it's such an important place and why the organization was even formed is that, you know, you, you had this continuous fishing and it needed to be preserved. And by preserved, what I mean is there are, when you, anyone who's visited Fishtown can imagine this, but for those who haven't been there, you just have to see yourself heading kind of downhill towards a river, and on either side of that river are these uh, vernacular buildings, which means that they are they were hand-built. They were uh, just of wood, very simple one-room structures, most of them, um, that in any other life, and in all these other fish towns that are no longer here, the kind of buildings that if you're not looking after them, just tumble mm-hmm. away or get hauled off and turned into someone's garage. Right. But in Fishtown, they have survived. And they have survived in a way that when people go, that they haven't been there in 80 years, let's say they were there when they were 10 and they're 90 now, they're still going to know Mm Fishtown. And so it's this intimately scaled place. We have um, over 200 feet of dock on the north side of the river, and there's also the contiguous dock on the south side of the river. On the north side is where there are actually these wonderful little shops, some of which have been there over 50 years. There are um, charter fishermen. There are the commercial fishermen. You have people standing on the dock just fishing. But that part of the commercial fishing, that's that heart mm-hmm. of what we do. And if anyone knows the Joy in the Janus Sioux, those are commercial fishing vessels that the Fishtown Preservation Society owns and operates. Uh, we have hired a, a young man who is an amazing commercial fisherman who operates those vessels. So part of my job, if people want to know what does someone do to right. save Fishtown <laughs> is, well, you help you know, keep a commercial fishing operation going, but you also oversee all of these other elements mm-hmm. that make Fishtown special to people today. Um, so, so people will know Fishtown. They'll have mm-hmm. um, eaten a, like, a cheese candy sandwich or gotten fish from Carlson's, gotten an ice cream cone from the damn candy store.
0: It is one of those really nostalgic places. You know, you, you know, the big ones, you think of our Mackinac Island, but I feel like Fishtown is right up there with one of those just nostalgic, super special places to northern Michigan and so that's kind of what I feel like you know you're talking about is there's there's a need to preserve that because if you didn't, you know what would happen?
1: Well, that's something I just have to ask you and others and if if it's a ritual experience that you know you've people have grown up loving to go and visit. Mm-hmm. and there are both those who, Every year will make a pilgrimage to just go mm-hmm. up or they get a hankering to get Carlson's fish because it's the, the they, it smoked better than anything they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, they will make that effort to go there. And it's how many places do we have in the world that don't change? Mm-hmm. And the world is just changing so, so quickly. And you can watch people who have maybe been there before, they did enter into fish and they have this sense of just, of relief mm-hmm. and so that can be nostalgia, it can also just be having a touchstone for something mm-hmm. that is special to you, was special to your parents, your grandparents or maybe it's to you and you've, you can just you've never been there before but you can just feel how wonderful it is, well you can bring your children mm-hmm. and so uh, the, when people visit, their emotions can kind of take over with the smell of smoked fish, the sound of the water and you just know it's not like anything else and People who are, like, actually, uh, someone had just emailed me. I had written a thank you for a gift that she had mm-hmm. given. And I asked, well, what was it that brought her there? I just, every once in a while, I'm just curious. Now, yeah, you have, everybody's got a different story. Everybody has a different story. And she wrote this long email about what it means. She's in her mid-20s. She had mm-hmm. just gotten married. And her the, what she had to say was really just like what I hear from people who are in their 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's this attachment that, um, yes, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it draws lots and lots of people but it's this very individual experience that Mm -hmm. is there for you at the same time as it's there for all those who are there at the same time
0: yeah so going into this effort to preserve it what are some of the things you guys have done over the years i will get into some of the big projects that we've done recently Mm -hmm. that i've seen um but i mean you said you've been with them since 2007 so kind of what have you done leading up to now but the most
1: important thing about fishtown and, and even why it's here and what we've done What we've done is actually, um, we're on the backs of generations of the people who made it so Fishtown was here at all. Mm -hmm. And that includes the townspeople of Leland, the commercial fishermen who were there. A lot of these are the same families that have made saving Fishtown possible. A lot of summer families that were there. So the fact that there is a place of Fishtown here at all to then be able to continue to save, they're the people I hold my hats off to. because it could so easily have disappeared. And parts of it did. It's a fascinating study to see what is come and what is gone and why all of those things happened. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of information about that for people that are interested, but that's as a folklorist, I am just drawn by these personal stories, the family stories and these bigger stories of our state and the nation and how they can kind of all can be told right there. Mm -hmm. But the projects then when we first made that purchase, It had been uh, about a a two-and-a-half-year effort to even get to a purchase price. Mm -hmm. The property was was purchased from the Carlson family. This was just on the north side of the river. It doesn't include things like the Cove and Falling Waters. Those Mm -hmm. are are privately owned, as is the Manitou Transit and two other structures. But we own a majority of what's in Fishtown. And it had been a long time since um, the organization had started by Bill Carlson in 2001 because he was worried about preserving commercial fishing period i mean that oh, okay. that was just that was under There's a threat. bigger picture it, if the you... bigger picture it was it was under a threat and then a few years into it he realized that you know maybe it was just time to retire and, and and let fishtown go and put it up for sale he had been working for decades before he and his family to buy up properties as they became available from other fishing families that had had you know been preserving yeah. things and so it, and as soon as something is, is up for a sale, you don't necessarily go complete the dream things you might have been wanting to do for right. a, for a property and he knew it was going to need a, an organization to kind of take over to take over and make certain that Fishtown would be preserved mm-hmm. and so when we acquired the property and I you know took that walk around and we, it was all about fundraising to start with because if you couldn't raise the money and it the the asking price was three million dollars right for the boats and that did not include mortgage or any of that um, Took a walk around and realized that okay now it's ours mm-hmm. now we have to care for this learn about it and there'd been a lot of planning and thinking but the reality of of the responsibility that is now in your hands mm-hmm. this is now up to us and any roof shingle that's coming off <laughs> building that is sagging any of that it was up to the organization to look after so we had to do that just foundational element of making certain this was all going to happen and mm-hmm. that's where the first thing, I didn't want to just start diving in and just, you know, fix things. I had to understand them more and know more about the community that this represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good excuse to travel around and talk to people <laughs> yeah. and meet commercial fishermen from all over the state because I knew that Fishtown wasn't, isn't just about Leland. It's about this bigger picture. And it gets to tell the story of an industry across time that is just, a sliver of its former self. Mm -hmm. And so what was it to be a fisherman growing up there, to have the other families growing up there? And so I started with that network of commercial fishermen and their families and have extended out because it turns out that some of the best information you can get would be from, you know, these... Guys, down you know, there they're in their 70s who love wandering down on the docks mm-hmm. when they when they were, like, summering up, you know, with a, a lovely little yeah. cottage somewhere, and they loved getting to know the fishermen. They would go out, and so they treasured these memories, and so there are so many people who have treasured that part of what Fishtown is, and every single one of them becomes a resource for understanding, for planning, um, and just why I love the place. Yeah. I mean, I already confessed, I really didn't know much about <laughs> it. I have uh, done a lot of studying about this region but I hadn't f- explored that area mm-hmm. but I any project that I've ever done if people are passionate about it mm-hmm. they're willing to fight over it and nothing's more contested than you know fishing grounds and and the, the things around that and like well there's a lot there to explore and we will never be done exploring it from the level of the bigger picture to those who have their individual stories to tell and share. It's all of these layers together, and it just happens to be that, because how much, the, the, like having gotten to know some of these commercial fishermen and what they've given to me, mm-hmm. that's a part of what
0: I get to give back. Right. No, that's amazing. And I know uh, the rising lake levels have been a huge concern for that area. I know you guys, you just moved two of the shanties, I guess, or raised them, right? Or just we, one?
1: We are. Then um, there's a bigger. Well, everything seems, always seems to have right. a bigger picture for me. <laughs> but when the, even this this project, the uh, I know a lot of people. It, it was an amazing experience to lift the cheese shanty, the village cheese shanty, which actually started as one of the most iconic shanties. There. One of the most iconic shanties, and that's part of the current story that people know about it. The last couple decades, mm-hmm. that is a business that is beloved, and people go for those sandwiches but it was built as a commercial fishing building. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of layers of stories. That was where the Janiss which is a boat that we still have, docked outside of this shanty when it was built in 1958. And it's the last shanty that was built in Fishtown for commercial fishing. Oh wow! But we lifted it out and put it into the parking lot and had to shore up all the foundation. So the water level issues that have come and gone, that's just the most recent of issues that were happening, right. but it's that... By, and, but as being a part of the organization, that's what we're committed to do is to make certain that we preserve these. And I've had many people ask, why didn't we just start over? Just tear it down and start over. But when you get a chance to know the stories there before and you can be in a building that these people who are no longer around and you know that that was part of their livelihood, right. there's just that's something you can't buy. You, right. You you the, the history doesn't start at this moment. It's we want to be able to capture what we can and save whatever is possible. But yes, so one, you got lifted out and then it was put back um, in early February mm-hmm. and we're still working on the completion of it. It's a tiny building, but <laughs> oh, is it complex. <laughs> right. Just to get all of the 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 utilities in again and um. well
0: and that space is not a very worker friendly space <laughs> cuz yeah. obviously you're on the water but it's also kind of you know because it's historic you know things just seem to be a lot smaller and all of our mechanical things seem to keep getting bigger so it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those not not an easy logistical A lot lot of planning at every level, and what's fascinating
1: is everybody's learning. So we have this amazing contractor, his name is Big Construction, and we've been also working with Elmer's team and um, Caston Contracting, and then a whole lot of wonderful subcontractors as well. And everyone, nothing ever goes as planned. I know that (laughs) happens when people build a big house, but you put it into here and you realize, oh, that's not going to reach there. The thing we had isn't going to go there. It takes takes a lot of head scratching, but everyone who is doing it, between and and everyone has their different reasons for doing it. Some of them I find out, oh their grandpa was a fisherman down there or their you know they, they got their first job down there when they were a kid and they're so excited to be a part of it and actually the foreman of the project used to own the joy and the commercial fishing vessels oh, wow. and his, his name is Drew Miller and his father was one of the early fighting members of the fish Tongue preservation society and on the board head of the board to lead the effort to save it so these stories are threading through all of the time mm-hmm. i just have to go down every day and learn more. Well,
0: and people who aren't directly related to the Preservation Society—these are, you know, third parties that you've hired to come in. Who, again, like you said, ha- uh, so many people have that that connection that you just can't explain. And and I love that they're getting the chance to work on it too.
1: And it makes them all the more apart. And like mm-hmm. i said, okay, you guys, if you want to put your names in here anywhere, you guys, just do it because someday something's going to have to get fixed, and you're going to open it up, and there's going to be one of these family names and someone will be like maybe it'll be their uncle or their grandfather you don't know but to honor that part of the present that's quite amazing because that's how you
0: create the history you know exactly
1: so so that was a long way of saying how many buildings have we lifted (laughs) um so that's that one is back in place and basically we can only do what we can afford Mm -hmm. and what we have permits for and um things that are all good to go and Mm -hmm. we're now Good Working on, moving ahead on across the river, there's the Morris Shanty. Mm-hmm. And that is our oldest existing shanty. It was built in 1903. Wow. It's been sitting and soggy since last the May. The fact that it hasn't disintegrated and just washed away is incredible to <laughs> me. We're, I knock on wood every day, but I'm like, you've lasted this long, you can keep going. Right. It it's just it has treasures inside. Again, why would you, why would we want to keep this? Yeah. I I think I've gone and photographed the thing a dozen times just in case, you know, I I want to capture. But even the the way that some, they would turn basic little wood things into tools. Like you'd have uh, on one wall, I know exactly where the guys stood and processed their fish at one point because there's this old, old strip of wood and it has the slats in it behind where they would slip their knives. And it had been buried by things for so long, but that just, by opening that up and when we were just cleaning to get things ready, revealed a whole purpose of what was happening there and Mm -hmm. that someone was so thoughtful about what they would need convenient and that's the nature of fishing it's it it doesn't have a whole lot of parts Mm -hmm. but the parts that are there between your nets and your boat and the 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 line and the um and the tools that you need it's it's very elemental but yet it's also this beautiful art Mm -hmm. and what it takes to to do it well and that shanty at every turn reveals different things about commercial fishing, and this is one of the reasons, I mean, besides the fact we just want to save it, um, it's been, it's never been used for anything else, mm-hmm. just commercial fishing. It's never had another little store in it or anything, right. so again, the lives of the people who work there continue, and when we get it moved out and move back, and then once we finish up a lot of these other water-impacted projects, we want to do a lot more um, keeping that a commercial fishing building, but making it possible so A few more people can get in and see with like preserved tours or things Mm -hmm. to
0: To appreciate to appreciate
1: it it and learn and give a context for some of the other things about about Fishtown. But I thought it was gonna be going up before now. But here with that you know I every time you hear on the T V (laughs) of Oh, we had that wonderful day and it was forty five degrees and sunny. That is not good for construction in late spring. Oh, okay. Because the roads have the frost comes through and there's actually weight restrictions on the roads Mm -hmm. and they set those in place a week ago today right and we don't know if it'll be a month or two or it could be into may before we can actually lift
0: it right yeah because the
1: ground's just not stable enough right now and the roads can crumble because when we lift it that involves a huge piece of equipment oh yeah huge piece (laughs) and it turns out that the Morris shanty is a lot heavier than the village cheese shanty
0: i wonder if that's why it's lasted so long
1: could have something, something to do about, yeah. with <laughs> it. has a lot more layers and things to it as well. So there's going to be a big crane will come in, and they're going to be bringing counterweights into what anyone who is interested in seeing this, this all you know, come to be. It's exciting to watch the building lift, but it's just as much fun to watch them, if you have a little bit of an engineer soul, yeah. to watch how they pull it all together. Oh, it's um, like a puzzle. It's definitely. And then it's sort because of, the move happens really fast, but the, the effort, I mean, we're working now to make certain it gets lifted properly. So right. we're getting the whole area back behind cleaned out. That we're getting um, there's going to be a, it's going to all be a, a framework put in underneath mm-hmm. and the whole thing inside is going to get framed so that when it does get lifted it's not going to shift. Right. So in that part it's, itself takes several weeks. So we want to have that all done and ready to go so as soon as we can get it lifted. Because I just crossed my fingers. I was say,
0: is that moment like a breath holder? Like, please don't let anything shift. This is yeah. a, more than a century old. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And the water is lower right now. I mean, it's that it's it's higher than the record 1986, mm-hmm. but it's still um, lower. You know, this time of year tends to be lower. Mm-hmm. So when I see it right under the docks, and it's like, it, this is that window of before it all just comes up again. But even when I was with one of the gentlemen who's working on framing out the building. He'd never actually been in there as a sage came into it. Mm-hmm. And that day, he's like I'd never experienced. it. All of a sudden the water just comes right on up through and he just watched how it just right. it just rose up right around him and it 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 was it's a very freaky experience. Yeah, for sure. And and he's been dealing with the water levels a lot, but he just hadn't ever experienced this is so- it, something else. And yeah. how important it is to be for that building that he's working on.
0: Yeah. So, I know you said a lot of this is fundraising driven or so how can people help you if the, is it donations do you guys do any kind of events or if somebody's listening and says wow this place sounds magical I need to do something what can they do for you well
1: there are many levels and um, this is an organization rich region you now this this you know all of Northwest Northern Michigan mm-hmm. have, a, have a lot of incredible nonprofit organizations doing work I that I, I just am so proud of this community um, and something like Fishtown, Um, yeah it takes a lot of money to make this happen and we've you know been fundraising since it all began it's one of those things that will not change caring for a place like this is not easy well I should say the easy part is people love it Mm -hmm. so there is motive there and they can't imagine it not being there but for anyone listening to this who you know might say I love that place but have they and they visited a lot to not Mm -hmm. to realize that as I said at the very beginning, people know Fishtown, but they don't know Fishtown Preservation. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily realize there is a group that is working to make all of this happen. We figure we get between two hundred and 300,000 people a year go through Fishtown, and that is there is no limit to who can be there. So a family that's, you know, they're on a shoestring and they're piling out of their car, they can go wander and have an amazing time mm-hmm. there, and it's at no cost to them. And, and that's why people want it to happen. But if you can help by being invested, it's even just a small gift can make it more yours. Mm-hmm. You can really feel it's yours all the more, but just to know that it takes everybody to make it happen. And obviously I need to get very big gifts. Mm-hmm. And, and but yet having, it's like this, this warm handshake that you mm-hmm. get when someone sends you You know, kids will send us money dumped out of their piggy bank. You know, here's $53.25. It was the money I didn't use on candy or something. And and they give that to you or they'll dedicate themselves to, you know, pop cans. But it's nice to get million-dollar gifts as well. Right. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is the impulse can be very similar to why someone would want to give that a large amount and that small Mm -hmm. amount. And, you know, part of my job is to make certain everybody realizes that they can do that and be eternally grateful for when it does happen. Mm -hmm. But not everybody can give, but I would hope that people would realize that even something small makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But other things that people can do is by sharing their stories. um, To hear about what it was like for someone to have visited, and I actually brought in one thing with me in my bag, a very small painting, so I don't have to describe this. It's about four inches by three inches, and it's framed. And it was painted by a gentleman who, um, they were from outside of Chicago, and the and they would come up every summer, and the kids in the car, the case of the kids in the car, and mom mm-hmm. and dad, and dad just loved to paint. Mm-hmm. And so the kids would go play on the beach, and he would go, and he would paint. And last year, I was contacted by the daughter of this of this family and saying, would you guys be interested in the, in these paintings? And he said, she said, it's a, it's a record of these summers that I had, yeah. the skill of my dad, what these moments were, and she wrote a little bit about it, some photographs as well they had taken. And over a dozen paintings that range in size from this little teeny one to a much bigger one. And she's entrusting us with these summer memories, knowing that there was nothing quite like what these are. That's mm-hmm. very sweet. And this is actually the, the
0: yeah, shanty that's Yeah, if you don't now, mind, I'll take a photo of it sure, and post there, it's, it it's, on it's our the core website. Of the,
1: the Carlson Fishery Building was that shanty that then got added on to it. So this lovely. He did it like with a pen... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> a pen yeah. and ink first. And, and then, then water watercolor, color, it looks like. And so... And I can give you, I'll give the name as well at that time. I don't want to misspeak what the name yes, is right absolutely. now. And these kinds of things come, you know, I've had, you know each year, there may be half a dozen or a dozen, you'll get a collection of photos, or someone will bring in, they found this hook when they were fishing, mm-hmm. and they realized that it's like, and it's like nothing we've ever seen. So there's this history in pieces. And to be entrusted with that is wonderful. And what's funny is, They'd never given before, but after that now they're all that more invested and mm-hmm. see themselves as as helping to perpetuate the history because now it's also their family history right. that we're saving. And so it's it's the commercial fishing families, it's you know the other businesses that have been there, it's people
0: who just have have loved that time that they can have. It's mm-hmm. it's um It's very personal. It is. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about what you guys do is you're very dedicated to making sure that those personal memories and those those feelings like you said several times, survive, that they mm-hmm. get to live on for another 100 years and beyond. So um, so donating is the easiest way to do that from your website? Yes, going to the website. And also you, know, you can reach out to the organization with a
1: phone call. Questions. I love questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tricky to have all the other questions answered, but if someone's, you know, they're in, they're interested in just a particular piece of what we have going on or when is something going to happen or um, where, where might they're they, – their money be able to be, you know, specifically directed. Um, is that something
0: people can do? Say, they, I
1: specifically want this to go towards a specific shanty or something. They, they can do that. It's always nicer when you can have a little bit of wiggle know, room. Wiggle room. But if someone has this something they really want, I want to be able to honor that. Yeah. And there are enough needs though that, that we can actually mm-hmm. do that. Um, but if it's a place that your family loves, um, it's a very special thing. Now, the event's coming up. That's another thing that can be pretty um, fun to do is we have uh, Fishtown 5K. We're having our 12th annual and uh, there's a $30 entry fee and you could register now. We have a theme each year. We started having a theme about four or five years ago because there's so many issues that come up and it's fun to reference. So yeah. our theme this year is water. Right. <laughs> it's just like water what everywhere. There's going to be a costume contest, great, you know, prizes. Last year we had over 700 people run
0: oh, wow. our little
1: Fishtown 5k. We're anticipating a lot more. It is an amazing day. So that is something that um, there are a lot of people who have, written, who have run it every year. But of course, when we first started, we didn't know we should be tracking who did it every year. So right. we have to kind of like get them to come. <laughs> did you do it every year? Can you come back and tell us? But that's when you're just beginning with things. You don't always know the things that are gonna matter right. as a collective that you really begin to value later of, of what's gonna what's going to have a yeah. meaning for people. And then there'll be another event, um, actually the week before that, that uh, there's a winery up in um, in the in Leland called Verterra that is um, letting us borrow their their, 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 their this wine that's um, not a tasting area but they do weddings and events oh, like up a venue. In, in their vineyards and it's this beautiful beautiful venue that we're going to be using for it's going to be a, a a much higher level to get in mm-hmm. for that event uh, and really for those two who have been a you know donors for a very long time mm-hmm. so we're still shaping what that one's going to look like but if people are interested and really want to be a part of something a little more intimate that that will be something to look forward to as well perfect so we don't try to do too many events because Fishtown itself
0: is just an event. keeping that
1: place <laughs> going and we have 12 tenants that with all those businesses they don't own those buildings they own their businesses and so maintaining that the site, um, just doing these construction projects. We're going to be having the Carlson Fishery Building. We'll be starting in like in mid fall, mm-hmm. basically to get that one lifted out. We're going to be going to be redoing the docks. We have other drainage things we're going to be working mm-hmm. on, and somewhere in the middle of it, always that near and dear to my heart is making certain that I continue to have the one on ones with um, commercial fishermen and the families, and just make certain that the this industry keeps going. It's yeah. it's not something we can just take for granted. To go out and buy in your local restaurant good local fish. Yeah. Um, maybe people don't even think to ask for their good local fish, but if you want some white fish, you know, you've, it's going to have been caught by a commercial fisherman. Mm-hmm. And we just can't take it for granted
0: that, that if you want to have that experience, it's something that the public can actually help maintain for sure and i know you've talked a lot about you love hearing people's stories the families who grew up going there maybe the fishermen something like that how can if if one of them are listening right now how can they reach out to you
1: our phone number is 231-256-8878 you have a 50 50 chance of it being me answering because right now we have two staff and so all of these things we do of the fundraising the opera all of it it's just two of us that, yeah. that keep all of these balls in the air and and um it's it's a place of infinite variety and the variety steps in the door. And some of the best things like this painting that I just showed. Yeah. She just you know that I got an email and then she came to visit and these amazing
0: stories just walk in the door. Things you can't seek yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, they have to come to you
1: a little bit. It's always nice to have a little warning, but I will never turn away a good story. Right, for sure.
0: And one of my last questions is I know that Fish Town's kind of Peak season is the summer, of course. Um, do you know when things are going to start opening up a little bit more for the season?
1: Depending on, it's always weather dependent when you first, think right. if it's a beautiful um, April, people will try to be open then. The, the Cheeshanie prides himself, you know, the owner of that prides himself on being the first to open, mm-hmm. well, we're hoping that we can continue that, but we're aiming that that will be open again by the early part of May if not sooner. I know that the contractor, everybody, they want it to be sooner, but there might always be something. But by early May, you can start to count on there being things in the weekend. um, Because during the week, it's not always going to be worth their time to be open, but once the Cheeshanie opens, it's open seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And actually, Fishtown Preservation, this is another of those hats we wear. We actually have our own little shop and museum space as well. So if you're coming into Fishtown, we will have someone there sit seven days a week as, as well, starting from mid-May through the end of October. So people who have questions can also go and talk and, and just yeah. share stories down there. I really want to have a little microphone just on the desk so people can just speak in and just, let me hear this later. I hear yeah. about like the 90-year-old guy who just showed up and right. like, like I'm did you So write, sad
0: I missed it. Did yeah. you get a picture? <laughs> did you take
1: any notes? And it's just, I want to be in a dozen places at once Yeah, and can't necessarily do that, but when people realize that there's a spot for more answers and you know, and, and questions and um, that, that they can become more engaged and learn more because sometimes you feel like you're answering the same questions over and over mm-hmm. again, but that lets us know that we need to be answering yeah. the same questions over and over again. And I have to confess, I never tire of it. Mm-hmm. I never tire of needing to explain why is something the, the way it is, the shape of the boat, why do we not get to fish all the different, the, the fish that others get to catch, Why do the water levels high or low? Those are things that are part of a dynamic place, and um, it's actually a pleasure to be able to help share that information and then that people get to then get to know it and pass it on. Like I might be talking with someone, just bump into them on the dock and explain something, and you come around the corner, and then you hear them explaining it
0: to To the rest to somebody (laughs) else,
1: and so it just gets to carry on. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why it's so important that people like you are involved in these, you know, I, once we started this whole this whole podcast, you know, my favorite part has been hearing about why these people are so passionate about what they do, but it's also why they're so successful at what they're doing. So thank you for all that you do for Fish Town. Um, so for people who want to donate, we'll have a link on the website. Um, they can call you with their stories or swing by mid May, hopefully. Actually, it's I'm I'm working all the time. This okay. is this is uh,
1: you know. It can be hard actually to take days off, you know, in that working culture. But yeah, it can be really hard oh, when yeah. you know that the day that the building was moved back, I wasn't supposed to be there. I'm like, I canceled. But you can't. Everything I had there. going yeah. on, I was like there was no way I was not going to be there when that building came back. For it was sure. Freezing cold and, <laughs> and just so cool. I mean, even watching um, like the crews, the news crews, and things yeah, yeah. that oh, were yeah. there have these just looks that you could feel. This is not something you get to see every day. And no. Yeah. Or even
0: every lifetime, not everybody. Exactly. <laughs> That's such a unique thing. So,
1: But I do want to, th- I realize I have not thanked um, my board, my board of directors mm-hmm. who have been, some of them have been there since before I started, because this, is, they are those threads of people who have been a part of it for a very mm-hmm. long time. And um, one of my boards of directors actually, he, you know, traveled through this area, but had recently retired and, you know, came and asked, you know could, what, could he be an could he help and has been just invaluable but it turns out that back in the nineteen late 1950s he had been up as a young man and had taken the most amazing photographs so again it's this story of someone's previous trip lingering and then becoming of service mm-hmm. you know in a very unique way um, and everybody who's been a part of the organization has helped with that and my I feel sometimes I'm not tapping enough into what people can do to help, because we sometimes feel, you know, the water is suddenly high. So there right. can be a lot of um, chaotic things that happen in an environment like that, and what you're trying to protect. So if people know there are things that skills they have that they can also bring to the fore, yes, we can always use the the donations, mm-hmm. but we can always use learning more, but also skills that that you know may be helpful in yeah, in making this continue, because it doesn't stop with me. It doesn't stop with my board members. This is something that we are a part of, that long path into the future. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: Well, I'm just glad that the place is here and thank everybody out there who has helped yeah. and look forward to um, everything that's to come. It's, it's a dynamic place and uh, it's a pleasure to be part of, but I wouldn't be here if it weren't for everyone who's been part of it, from the families to the the donors I've never met and those who just really treasure this entire region and, and what a place like Fishtown can bring to the region.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Amanda. Thank you. Again, that was Amanda from the Fishtown Preservation Society. Just head to 9in10news.com for more details on how you can get involved. And as always, if there are any groups, nonprofits, charities, or even exceptional individuals you'd like to hear about, email me at CourtneyHunter at 9in10news.com. From podcast producer Joe Busick and myself, thanks for listening to the 9 and 10 For the Community by the Community podcast. The For the Community by the Community podcast is brought to you by Travers Catholic Federal Credit Union, financial services for the community, established 1950.